Heavenly Father, that is our prayer as we come here to worship you, to seek you, that you would be changing us from the inside out. And uh, Lord, Lord, that's only something that you can do, and your word is the tool. Lord, open our hearts and our ears and our minds to your word as we listen to this. In Jesus' name, amen. So, what do you listen to? Maybe that's a peculiar question to ask on a, at the beginning of a message, but I don't really believe that you're li- hanging on every word that I say. So, what do you listen to? It's a practical question. Our lives are filled with messages. We're bombarded by voices and messages from all manner of directions, whether it's It's information or advertisement, education, music, videos. We're just bombarded with messages. And so we make decisions about our life based on what we hear. So what do you listen to? It's a practical question. Today is our last sermon in the sermon series on moving on to maturity so if you've been following with us since the fall and into the winter, and I want to congratulate you. You've reached maturity. <laughs> it's a good milestone. Some of you have been waiting all of your life to get to this point. We've covered so many different topics, whether it's leadership qualities or God's word or caring for the church or dealing with difficult people or fears last times, end days, uh, we've covered a lot of topics. But it doesn't matter as much about what we say as it does matter what you listen to. Because we can have all of these great topics, but unless it has an impact, it's just words. I don't know, maybe you, some of you have, uh, re- can remember the commercial, that uh, cell phone commercial that says, uh, can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? That many, most of you have lived that in some way or another. <laughs> I wonder sometimes, I have this picture in my mind of God asking that. Hello? Can you hear me? I know you're sitting in church, but I'm just wondering if you can hear God. You know, here's a a place where we maybe think of it at least more often. We feel like we're in God's presence and we're listening more closely in some aspect. It's a practical question. And if we are not filling our lives with Him, we're not going to hear Him. Our lim- we are limited. We're making decisions about life and we're limited by our own, our own human experience. We, we have experiences, we have news sources, we have information, success, failures, fears, all of that limiting what we can know and understand about God and what His desire and His plan. So Timothy who Paul's writing this to, was in the same boat. He's leading a church in Ephesus. It was the commercial center for that part of Asia. 
Asia Minor. And, and so they have the Greek gods, they have the Roman authority, there's the Jewish traditions and the pagan idolatry, all of it mixed together. And here's Timothy, young man, uh, leading the church. The responsibility of good, wise decisions. Timothy needed to hear Jesus. He needed a transcendent voice, one that could see beyond his own life. His church needed it, his own life needed it, and even really it depended on eternity for many people there. And so Paul writes to Timothy, and he gives him this practical advice, three ways to hear Jesus. Three ways to hear Jesus. And it starts out in 1 Timothy 6, verse 11. That's where we're at today. Starting at verse, chapter 6, verse 11. And it says, As for you, O man of God, flee these things. And then he gives them this list that was just mentioned in the verses before it. It describes pride, controversy, friction, greed, harmful desires, love of money. The list is long. And the Lord is saying, flee this stuff. It's all a part of the world. It doesn't have any impact on you for eternity. And then he instructs Timothy to, as for you, pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, steadfastness, gentleness. See, the point is that you will hear what you listen to. And maybe that's an obvious statement. You hear what you listen to. But is it also obvious that we listen to so much trash? We listen to stupid things, ungodly things. We waste our time on things that don't matter. And we're influenced by people who are not trustworthy. Here's a quote, maybe you have heard this before. If you repeat a lie long enough, often enough, people will believe it. Do you know where that comes from? Joseph Goebbels of Nazi Germany. What would happen if we took Paul's instruction to Timothy, we flipped it upside down, we were saying the opposite. As for you, O man of the world... Pursue evil, carnal, cynicism, anger, indifference, temporary, and harshness. Sounds crazy. And yet, that is a picture of our world around us. The point is if you want to hear God's voice, you need to listen to Him. At the, end of the, at the beginning of the pandemic, uh, Pastor Nick and I were just reflecting back on this, and the news was filled with all of these morbid topics and the death rate and, and percentages and all of this kind of thing. And then on top of that, then Minneapolis was having riots and burning, and on top of that, our church was closed, and it was feeling, I mean, even just thinking about it, it rises your tension level to go back to that point in time. In the midst of that, we started having the church in the parking lot. 
And we thought, well, how are we going to meet people's needs? And what can we do? Let's have a communion. Let's have drive-through communion. We're not sure, is this going to be practical? Is it going to work? And then as we gave people that body and blood of Jesus there through the car window and seeing the tears on people's faces, people who were longing for good news, longing for what Jesus had done on them, for them on their behalf. Paul tells Timothy, pursue what is right, what is godly, what is faithful, what is loving, steadfast, gentle. Those describe Jesus. He is the one that is right. He is the one that makes us godly. He is the one that gives faith. He's the one that showed us what love is. He's the one that is steadfast and patient with us. He's gentle. You'll hear what you listen to. Second, you'll hear what you focus on. Verse 12 says, Fight the good fight of faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called and about which you made the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. Paul is encouraging Timothy, hang in there, persevere. It's worth it. Timothy, Paul, uh, God, Jesus has called you. Your testimony is true and valid, and we are all witnesses of that. We've seen it in your life. But life can be hard. It can feel like a fight. And if you're following Jesus, it even gets worse. You've got Satan as an enemy. You've got the world as a negative influence, and you've got your own sin having an effect. In fact, uh, Coming into the first service, there was somebody who said, There's a, I had a battle with somebody this morning. It was me, myself, and I. I said, leave the others outside. Just come in. Paul says to Timothy, Timothy, the battle is not about the things on this earth. Look beyond the noise, the struggle, the pain. Focus on Jesus. Focus on eternity. And Paul describes his own struggle in the same battle. In 2 Timothy, he says, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. And now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on that day. We live in this world. The question is, what do we focus on? If we allow the distractions of this world to take hold of our mind, they will take our focus off of Christ. And the battle has already been won. The victory is ours when we hold Him as the center. So today, we had the baptism for Brooks Woodworth, I marvel at how parents can distinguish the cry of their child in the midst of a crowded room and 
There, Alex having an opportunity. Brooks, Brooks already has learned to focus at such a young age. He, he knows that he wants something and Alex cannot give it to him. Our world is filled with distractions, disruptions, and we hear what we're focused on. Paul tells Timothy, focus on eternal life. Focus on Jesus, the one who has called you, the one you have confessed, the one who is at work in you. You're not alone. Third, you'll hear who you are with. Verse 13 to 15 Paul says, I charge you in the presence of God who gives life to all things and of Christ Jesus who in his testimony before Pontius Pilate made the good confession to keep the commandment unstained and free from reproach until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ which he will display at the proper time. We don't often think of ourselves as standing in the presence of God, unless maybe you think about that when you come to church or something. But he, we're standing in his presence all the time. He is always aware of what we're doing, where we're at, what we're... Have you uh, ever been talking to someone while they were talking on the cell phone? You ask him a question and you get silence in reply? Maybe it's like this, dads, uh, you've been guilty. Or maybe it's this way, teenagers, I don't know. Are you listening to what your mom is you know, imp- impressing on you, these important things of life? Oh, we've been there on both sides. We've been trying to talk to somebody who isn't listening. And You know, there, it's obvious the difference between a relationship you have when you're with someone or when they're distracted. Pam and I go on dates and sometimes she'll say, Kevin, where are you? What do you mean? I'm right here. No, you're somewhere. I don't know what you're thinking about. but You hear the one that you are with. How are we going to hear God unless we spend time with him? One of the questions that the call committee asked me as we were interviewing for this position some time ago already is, do you have daily devotions? I'm so glad they asked that. Because if you don't, what do you have? Besides a grumpy Kevin, it's it's not a good thing. How are we going to hear God when there are so many voices vying for our attention? We need Him to be the primary message that we hear. When we're standing in the presence of God, there's no longer many things. There's only one thing that matters. Only Jesus matters at that moment. Because apart from him, you cannot even stand in his presence. Jesus, standing before Pilate, they give the example here in this text. 
Pilate is the one that has the authority to give this edict of crucifixion. And Jesus reminds him that he has no power except what has been given to him. There he allowed Pilate to take his life, actually giving his life for the purpose of giving life to us. The gospel of Jesus is the only thing that matters, the only thing that Timothy needed to hear, the only commandment he needed to follow. Timothy, are you here today? What are you listening to? I'd like to uh, close the message with a short video that talks very clearly about the voice that you might be listening to. I was in Alaska doing a lawsuit. We're way out in the Aleutian Islands, getting ready to leave and go back to Anchorage and then home. <laughs> and I'm telling you, I prayed five, eight minutes. I prayed a long time. We went and got on the runway. He starts down the runway. The plane lifted off ever so gently and we start climbing. And it's wonderful. Not a problem in the world. We started climbing and we flew probably three, four minutes. And something happened that will never leave my mind. The pilot turned to me and he said, we're going in the clouds and I can't fly in clouds. They make me pass out. And we go right up into the clouds and you can't see anything. And he looks at me and his eyes roll back in his head. And he starts mumbling and he passes out, passed out cold. Now I grabbed him and I shook him and I said, come on, you gotta wake up so I can kill you. Now we're in the clouds flying along with no pilot. And my friend in the back seat said, we're dead, aren't we? I said, there's a very good chance of that, yes. He said, what are we gonna do? I said, I don't know. But there was a radio right there and I handed him the microphone and I said, start asking for help. So he's in the back seat reaching up and he said, hello, hello. We didn't know any proper radio etiquette. All we were saying was hello. And somebody answered back, hello, hello, don't you guys know proper radio etiquette? And I said, give it to me. I said, tell them we don't know nothing. Tell them we're in an airplane with a passed out pilot and we don't know how to fly this plane. The guy said, I'm a freighter flying out of Anchorage on the way to Tokyo. And he said, you're telling me you have nobody who can fly that plane with you? I said, tell them that's correct. Now you got to understand, I am sweating bullets. He said, the first thing I'm going to do is start circling so I don't lose you because I'll fly out a range of your radio and you won't have me anymore. And he said, I'm gonna get Anchorage Emergency for you. And Anchorage Emergency will be the people that can maybe help you try to save your life. After about five minutes, Anchorage came on, said, we understand you have a passed out pilot. And those of you do not know how to fly that plane. We said, that's right. They said, well, the first thing we gotta do is find you. And I'll never forget what this man at Anchorage said. He said, my job is to get you home safe. He said, that's my job. But he said, here's the deal. If you want me to get you home safe, you got to promise me you'll obey my voice. He said, you can't see me, but I can see you. And he said, if you're not going to obey my voice, you're going to die. When you can't see anything, you have no idea how disorientated you become. Finally, he said, okay, I found you. Now hear me clear. He said, you're four minutes from a mountain. 
He said, you're going to crash in that mountain and die. Follow my voice. I never said, I have to follow your voice? Is that reasonable? You see, I understood without his voice, I had nothing. And do you understand, without God's voice, you have nothing. Nothing. Finally, he got us turned. And he said, I'm freezing all the traffic in the area. He said, it's going to take me an hour and a half to get you to Anchorage, and there's a lot of weather between you and Anchorage. You're in for a rough ride. And he said, I want you to hear me. I don't want you to look at what's going on outside. I don't want you to pay attention to the storm, just my voice. He said, if you start watching the storm, you will die. But I'll take you through it. Now, because they cleared all the traffic, several pilots, those nighttime freighters, those 747s, started talking to us. They said, we're praying for you, men. You're going to make it. But listen to the voice. That's the key. They said, trust the voice. Finally, we went through the worst of the weather, but there was still more. And then the voice came back and it said, now, I'm going to line you up. He said, I'm going to bring you in right down the runway. And at the foot of the runway are some lights, and they're in the form of a cross. He said, don't you forget this. The cross is the way home. Finally, he's bringing us down. We still can't see anything. And all he kept saying is, stay with me. My sheep, the Bible says, hear my voice and they follow me. Finally, just a couple hundred feet off the ground, we saw the cross. I landed the plane. In fact, I landed it seven times. Finally, it all came to a stop. And the minute we stopped, the pilot woke up. The voice said, thanks for listening. I watch them crash and burn all the time because they won't follow my voice. They don't understand I'm the one who can see them even when they can't see me. But they get the voices in their head and they kill themselves. They self-destruct. Thanks for listening to the voice. Do you understand one day you're going to stand before him and say you were the voice. You're the voice that brought me home. Tonight you have a God who has promised to take you through. That's a pretty sobering story. But it's a real picture of how important it is that we listen to the Lord. At the end of 1 Timothy 6, verse 15 and 16, it describes the one to whom we are to listen. Just listen to these words. Consider who it is that can see us even though we cannot see him. It says, He who is the blessed and only sovereign, the King of kings, And the Lord of lords, who alone has immortality, who dwells in unapproachable light, whom no one has ever seen or can see. To him be honor and eternal dominion. 
Amen. As we close our service, we're going to have the altar open as we all do, always do every Sunday. But let, us be, let it be a time today where we say, Jesus, forgive me for listening to all of the voices of the world and not listening to you. Jesus, I want to hear your voice leading me, guiding me in my life because without you, I have nothing. Let's pray. Almighty God, oh, Heavenly Father, we praise you. Praise you for providing us with your word, for inviting us into your presence, for giving us a hope that is beyond the things of this world. Lord, may we hear you and listen to you. May we focus on you alone and walk in your presence whatever the situations that we face are and that you will lead us home. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.